and welcome to a, another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Now, coming up on the show, we are going to kind of emphasize gratitude, but so that's going to going to be the emphasis. But when I start doing these shows, I have something in mind. And then once I get an idea, I'll go and do some research and try to get information because I like what I talk about to be credible and to have some worth or maybe value to uh, you as you listen to it and and make it uh, worth something. I started out with this idea to talk about Taylor Swift. I've never really been into Taylor Swift. I uh, you Belong to Me, I think, for the longest time was the only song I knew that she sung. I know she writes her music. Not too long ago, we did a little bit of a show on the Ticketmaster, Taylor Swift, and some other things, but it wasn't really anything specific to Taylor Swift. But I started seeing these videos as she's doing her Eras Tour, Eras Tour, depending on how you pronounce it. And the first video I saw was in Cincinnati. It was a couple days before the Cincinnati show. And there was this long line that went on through the city. Now, I guess there's merchandise that she would sell only at the venue. So concert or tour merchandise that would be only sold at the concerts, not online. So if you want it, you have to go to the show. So that was the first video I saw. Then later, I saw another video of a bunch of people in a long line waiting to, again, buy merchandise. Then I saw a video of a performance that was prior to the Cincinnati show that showed a bunch of people, I guess, tailor-gating. They didn't have tickets, but they were outside the stadium, and they were listening to the music, and they were singing along. Then I read an article where the Minneapolis mayor, because I guess she's going to Minnesota, told people to stay away from the stadium. I guess they were anticipating almost a half a million people showing up in and around the area for this concert. And so I started thinking about, you know, how can we incorporate that? Because it's a cult following. I mean, it's unbelievable. You've got all these women, for the most part, spending a lot of money, for the most part, going to these shows, which are usually performed that I've seen so far outdoor arenas, like uh, in Tennessee, for example, at uh, Nissan Stadium. And I think it's strategic because people outside can then listen and sing along. So in Nashville, I saw a video of them packed on this walking bridge in the surrounding area listening to her concerts. And again, it goes on and on. Like I said, I had this whole thing kind of, kind of, out, ready to go, and then as I do my research, the show tends to shift and change, and then in the end, it's never what I started with. Then as I was kind of looking through the the Taylor Swift concert, you see things where issues would happen, logistics, doors won't open, uh, so she has to run off stage, a microphone didn't work in one video, and so she stood there and tried to get it to work, and then she just kind of played to the crowd, and then when the mic came back on, she said, we're going to rewind 90 seconds, whatever it was, and start over. This never happened. So she'd play along with these logistical problems and play it off pretty well. Then Shania Twain hits the road, and the videos of her show, a train wreck, or as they call it, a Twain wreck. The first one I saw was a a video of her falling down. Maybe you saw it too. 
again, that could happen. Happens all the time, right? To, to people like, you know, you're running around the stage or whatever, and maybe there's a wet spot, and so she slides. But then her reaction, I guess, is what caught everybody off guard. It was kind of like this bizarre reaction to it. And then there were other issues. And then you started to see, like, videos popping up. I think Utah was one of them where people were actually leaving mid-show and just walking out because it was so terrible. I saw a clip where I think it was Tanya Tucker. Is it Winona Judd? And Shania Twain, they were going to do a girl that don't impress me much. It was like absolute horrific. They just started over three times. I mean, it was just, this thing is just horrible. So I started to see that, and I thought, well, let's do some comparisons between the two. I mean, you know, we always talk about success, uh, ta- raising the standard, you know, taking our passion, making it happen, and then possibly having to know when to maybe hang it up if you're a performer, right? So I had all this stuff going on, and as I was going through it, the one thing that kept coming to mind over and over and over again was the memories that I had going to concerts. Now, I don't think, I can't recall, I've been to a number, not a ton. I mean, I've been to probably more than maybe the average person, but definitely not as much as, you know, the deadheads that would travel around with the Grateful Dead. But I've seen enough. And I was thinking about the memories of going to those shows. Have I really ever had a bad concert memory? I mean, there's been times I I went to shows with people and it became like whatever. You know, they're friends from when you're in high school or maybe elementary school and you've kind of been friends a little too long and you know you should kick them to the curb, but you don't and you go to a concert and it's just like whatever. But it's not a bad experience. You're just kind of like, you know, over that friendship and it's time you guys have gone different ways. You know, there's been things like that. People I've gone to shows with that, were less than awe-inspiring, but the shows were good. Had still had a good time. Went to shows with strangers. Had a good time. Uh, one time there was a show. This is probably the most infamous memory I have of a concert. Uh, it was going to be an October concert. I believe it was first year in college, maybe. So a number of years ago. And there was this girl that I'd kind of known. Maybe we dated in high school for, you know, four weeks, whatever it was. And so, you know, being single, I'm like, well, let's see if I can't try to scrounge up a date. So, again, I buy the tickets, April, I think it was. You know, it was three, four months ahead of time. And I buy these tickets, and so I call her up. I'm like, hey, there's a show coming up in October, concert. I know you're a fan, too. Do you want to go? And she's like, you know, let me let me just double check, and I'll get back to you. I'm like, that's fair. It's three, four months, you know. It's not like I need to know right on the spot. Uh, but, yeah, let me know. Just let me know either way. Let me know whether it's good, like you can go, or if you can't go. That way I'm not waiting around, and that way there's no misunderstanding. Just give me an absolute, yes or no. Well, I never heard back, so I made alternate plans, asked a buddy of mine to go. And then about literally, I kid you not, I did not hear from her in like four months, literally about five minutes before I'm heading out the door, now, I lived up in Los Angeles, and the concert was at Irvine Meadows Amphitheater, if you know what I'm talking about. And going down the 405 or the 5 to the 405, yeah, it takes a while. Although I think it was a Sunday night, so it might not have been as bad. But anyways, going to go. About five minutes before taking off, the phone rings. And I'm debating whether or not to pick it up because I want to leave, and so I'm like, fine, I'll pick it up real quick. 
pick up the phone and it's the gal calling me to let me know that she can't make the show. Okay, thank you. Bye. Click. Don't think I ever heard back from her. Um, and that's like probably like the most infamous concert experience was like, yeah, I knew you weren't going to go. Hadn't heard from you in months. Obviously, you weren't going to uh, be available. Outside of that, I really can't think of an experience concert-wise that was a bad one. Most of the time, they're either really cool. Now, the shows have been terrible. Went to Guns N' Roses show during the time when Axl Rose was extremely mental, and so the shows were terrible. But the experience was never bad. I've never left mid-show because it was so bad. Obviously, Shania Twain had some, I think, vocal issues, maybe an illness. Voices change. I know uh, John Bon Jovi has gone through that where they've had to kind of rearrange the music to fit his vocal range because it's not as wide-ranging as it used to be. So, again, I understand all that. And even the last time I went and saw them, people didn't like it, but I understood. And from what, not what they were, but from what they are that night, it was actually a good show. But anyway, so the memories. And I'm thinking about, man, all these people leaving Shania Twain versus Taylor Swift, their memories are going to be completely different about the show. And so it got me thinking, when it comes to the memories that we make, you know, we should go out and make memories, right? Do we allow life to dictate the type of memories that we're going to have? Or, or what I mean by that is, do we just let life take its course and then those are the memories we have? Or do we go about creating moments, like creating our memories? So if I was to ask you, what's your best memory with your family, maybe as a, as a child, with your parents and maybe siblings, cousins? Or maybe if you're an adult and you have kids, that family, or if you're an adult with no kids, extended family, whatever. What are your memories? Were they trips together? Were they family gatherings? I remember growing up, New Year's Day was always a great memory because we would, my grandparents lived close to the Rose Parade route in Pasadena, California. So every New Year's Eve day into New Year's Eve, we spent on the parade route saving seats so that the next day we could all go watch the Rose Parade. Then afterwards, we'd walk down to my grandparents' house, and we'd have a big meal with all the relatives, even the ones that maybe came in from out of town, and we'd watch the Rose Bowl game, and it was a lot of fun. Just one of many. Then what about friends? What kind of memories do you have with friends? Do you create them? Or do you just allow them to come as life comes? Now, I know you go out and you plan things and you make trip arrangements, concert shows you go to, you know, stuff like that. I know you, like, make plans to go out. But are you actively trying to create good memories? I remember one time I went to Colorado. I think it was Blackhawk, Colorado, visit some friends. And uh, we went up to uh, – they were in Denver, so we went up to Blackhawk, which is a casino town. And we were playing penny slots, okay? Again, back in college, really didn't know anything about gambling and – Really didn't have the money to gamble, but hey, slot machines got a play. So we decided to play penny slots. Maybe it was nickels, but whatever. 
And we're putting it in, pulling the arm. This was back in the day when you had the one-arm bandit. We actually got to pull the lever, not these, like, video-type games where you're doing, like, wild buffalo or whatever it is. But we're playing penny slots, and all of a sudden we hit the jackpot. This thing is clanking away. Pennies are dropping from heaven. I mean, it is raining copper at this point. We just go nuts. There's, like, four of us. We go crazy. The whole casino stops because it's a small establishment. They're looking at us. They're like, what is going on? How much did they win? I mean, they're going nuts. We're screaming, yelling, hooting, hollering. Thing is clanking away. And then in the end, I think we ended up with like maybe 40, 50 bucks. But it was the clank, 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 clank of these thousands of pennies dropping down. I think it was like maybe 5,000 pennies or something. But that's the excitement of it. It didn't matter that we won the money. I mean, that was helpful. But the clank, 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 and the jumping up and down and celebrating because we hit the jackpot. Rookie gamblers hitting the jackpot on penny slots. 50 bucks. It might, even, I might, it, might even, it might have been less. I might be, like, blowing this thing out of proportion. But, again, the memory was there. What about colleagues, people you work with? What are your memories like with them? Social media is all the rage now, right? TikTok. There's this new one, Threads. It's kind of a Twitter-ish from Meta that's trying to battle Twitter. But now you've got TikTok, it was the dancing, now it's whatever it is, and you've got all this different type of social media stuff. I was working a show, and we were putting together these videos, these pre-show videos that were pre-social media. They were pre-TikTok, and it's what you see on social media. Now we're trailblazing. If we had social media back then, we would have been like OG influencers. But we look back at some of those videos I found recently, and, you know, those were fun times. We would get together before the show. We'd put these videos on, had different things to do. I think, the, the like, it started out, the first one was the show host is in line at uh, trying to figure out what he wants from the vending machine in the break room, and there's this long line of people wanting to get a snack, and they're all yelling at him to hurry up, and he's sitting there taking his time. And then there was another one where in the conference room, for example, and the, uh, the host is about to tell us this big announcement when the receptionist comes in and says there's pizza in the break room, and we all split to go get pizza, and we're fighting over each other, trying to get out the door to get the pizza. So it was like some fun videos pre-social media. But again, are you actively trying to create memories, good memories, or are you just trying to let life run its course and the memories that come with it? If you're a parent... Are you a parent that's looking for memories? I'm sure, you know, bedtime, you crack the whip. Hey, you got to be in bed. Yes, I'll read your story. Yes, I'll give you kisses. Yes, I'll lay with you, but that's it. Or do you allow sometimes the memories of being with that little one and allow the memories to take its course? Because obviously the little one doesn't want to go to sleep, need a snack, need something to drink, need to use the bathroom again. I mean, any excuse, right, not to sleep. But do you crack the whip or do you sometimes allow these memories to take place? The boss, we would do some things on the show and bosses would always get mad for some reason. They were uptight. But bosses, do you allow your employees to have some fun? Do something a little different. Make it an environment where they can create good memories so if they move on to another job, they can think back on the memories of the time they were there. Remember one time I was at a sports station and I was doing a show and there was a, a host that uh, played in the NBA 
that was a part of the show, and he would have people, I mean, all the celebrities of NBA would you know call him because he was a first-round draft pick, played for the Lakers, was an NBA champion, and now he's hosting a, a radio show with another guy. And so, um, you know, the who's who of the NBA would always call him, and other people would always call him. And then we would talk about different athletes. It was a sports show. Okay. So one time, the phone's ringing on the air. I guess he had his phone out, and it's ringing, and he didn't answer it. Again, he's doing a show, doing his job, but he's also an NBA first-round draft pick champion, now broadcaster, and so it piques the interest of the other host. He's like, aren't you going to answer that? He's like, no. And then it became this thing. We turned it into this thing about who is calling this host. So we put it out there. Let's have some fun. And it would stop ringing. Two minutes later, it would start ringing again. And so we made this thing. Call in. Callers, listeners, call in. Who do you think is calling Michael? And so we would put them on the air, guesses, all kinds of things. I mean, there's great, spontaneous content programming. That was based off of what was happening. And then I started to call just to keep the phone ringing. And then the host is caught on, and he's now, now everybody's in on it, knowing that we're making this a a bit. Turned out to be something just spontaneous. Now it's a bit. So we're turning it in. And it's going, and the phones are ringing. Everybody's laughing, having a good time. Boss comes in, starts screaming at us. Take control of your show. Dude, this is like content gold right here. Everyone's having fun. Everybody's calling in. People are listening. People are engaged. We have people sending us emails about who they think it is and why. We put a post, like a a poll up on social media. I think it was uh, MySpace at the time. Who do you think it is? And people were responding. I mean, it's the greatest thing. But then management got uptight, got mad, and came in and, and yelled at us. Get control of your show. But again, creating opportunities, creating memories, both great and small, do you allow yourself to create? If you're at lunch break, do you do the same thing over and over and over again? Or do you do something different? Do something unique so you remember that lunch break. If you're driving home, driving to work, driving someplace, do you take the same route all the time? Holidays, are they always the same way? Uh, most recently, as family moved away out of Los Angeles and the family structure became less and less, is about the number of people. One time on the uh, Christmas Eve, we decided to go to the Santa Monica Pier and hang out. It's unheard of in our life, in our world, in our family, because we get together for family gatherings at someone's house. Well, there's only a couple of us left. Let's go to the pier. Hang out at the pier. A lot of fun. Memories. Now it's something different. Sure, we tre- treasure those memories that we had at grandma and grandpa's house, then at or aunt and uncle's house and other people's houses, but now it's a new one, a new memory of Christmas Eve at the Santa Monica Pier. So how do you create your memories? Do you allow life to just go along and your memories are what they are? Or do you purposely try to create memories, come up with ideas, uh, spontaneity or whatever it is to allow memories to develop and you create them so that you're bringing in more good memories because life is going to give you all the bad memories you can handle. It's just going to happen. Through all kinds of things, life will give you bad memories. That's just a part of life. But do you create good memories? 
So how do you create your memories? Do you make them or do you allow life to present them to you? Whatever it is, however your memories are and whatever you do to create them, I try to create memories every day in a unique way somehow. If it's just for myself, because we've learned life is way too short, right? But whatever it is that you do, take the time every night to be grateful because it's too easy to take for granted these positive things that happen every day. Something positive is going to happen every day, whether your life is going good or not. A study has shown that people who take time before bed to write down three things for which they are grateful for, or maybe you wake up wanting to be grateful for three things, or more optimistic, resilient, and emotionally healthy. So if you want to be more optimistic, resilient, and emotionally healthy, be grateful and write down at least three things that you are grateful for. So what is gratitude then? Well, let's go to the American Psychological Association. It's an emotion similar to appreciation. More specifically, defines this phenomena as a sense of happiness and thankfulness in response to a fortunate happenstance or tangible gift. So something good happens or something happens, that's a sense of happiness. You meet somebody new, maybe a new partner, maybe somebody that actually calls you up within the four-month time span to go to a concert, whatever it is. Now you're happy about it and you're thankful about it. You got a promotion, got a new job, got birthday gifts, whatever it is. So first, you acknowledge the goodness in one's life. We all have that. We're all very fortunate to be in this country, for one, we're all very fortunate to be able to have a roof over our head, food. Again, it might not be what you've dreamed about. It might not be your dreams, but at least it's something, right? I mean, even walk down Skid Row in L.A. and you'll see a lot of people with a lot of things, speakers on a, on a, a big speaker blasting music on a um, bicycle, iPhones or cell phones in general, a tent to live in, food from the rescue mission. Sure, they're homeless on Skid Row, but go to some other countries to people that are really in poverty and have nothing, like nothing. They don't know where their next meal is going to come from. There is no rescue mission to give them a hot meal and maybe a place to stay overnight. So we have a lot to be thankful for, a lot of happiness, a lot of gratitude. So first comes the acknowledgement of goodness in one's life. Then the second is recognizing that sources of this goodness lie outside of ourselves. Goodness happens to us, but we're not creating it. It's people outside or things outside or entities outside of us that are bestowing these blessings upon us. And we recognize it. That's gratitude. As a trait, an individual practices gratitude as part of their daily life. And when they do that, it's considered a character strength. We talk about character on the show a lot. What's your character like? Character can be defined as something that you do when no one's looking, as one of the many definitions. But character strength 
is practicing gratitude, acknowledging the happiness in your life due to outside influences. It's important to remember that gratitude is a strength that can be enhanced with awareness and practice. So the more you practice it, the greater it becomes. We've learned that gratitude helps people focus on positive aspects of life. Positive aspects of life equal positive memories. Again, life's going to throw us all the negative memories we can handle. It's just going to happen. But if we're focusing on the positive, we get more positive aspects of life that we focus on, more positive memories. Gratitude can help build and maintain relationships with others. And those relationships can produce a more proactive behavior of satisfaction, helping, all those good traits. Gratitude has diminished in our Western society, according to a lot of people. When I was doing some research on gratitude, that kept coming up. In a lot of places, gratitude has diminished in Western society. This is key right here. Possessions and wealth are expectations for many individuals rather than considered personal blessings that are appreciated. Gratitude has, for many, been replaced by disappointment, anger, resentment, when these expected blessings either do not appear or they disappear. So we grow through, we go through life, and we have a house, a car, food, clothes, the basic essentials. We should be happy, right? It's a lot of people that don't have that. A lot of people in our country and other countries, less fortunate. But it's not the house. It's not the mansion on the hill. It's not eating at a five-star restaurant, staying in five-star hotels. So we become angry, disappointed, resentment sets in because we don't get what we're expected to get that should be a blessing. Now, there's standards. When I go to a hotel, I'm not staying in a flea bag, and there's been plenty of motels, hotels, that I've left because of cleanliness or because of other reasons. You know, I'm like, I am out of here. This is not a good place. So standards, we raise the standards. That's one thing. So, again, you don't have to settle for less. But when you start to turn this blessing, these happinesses in your life, and you start to expect them, and when they don't happen, you get angry about it, that is when it becomes wrong. Gratitude diminished in Western society. And it's so true. Gratitude is strongly related to well-being. The more grateful you are, again, the better off you're going to be, right? The positive effects of experiencing and expressing gratitude are endless. Gratitude has been found to be beneficially associated with social well-being, emotional well-being, and psychological well-being. When you're grateful, again, think about this. Things happen to us outside our control. That brings us happiness. When we focus on those things and we're grateful for them, or maybe writing them down at night or saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for this, it's going to benefit us more and more and more. It says here, socially, emotionally, psychologically, 
the positive effects are endless. And I could cite you the academic journal that quotes this, but I can't pronounce the names, and it's an academic journal. So it's this like genuine stuff that has been researched. So again, be more grateful. Be thankful for the things that you've got, for the blessings that you've got. That doesn't mean that you can't go out and work harder, try to make more money, get a better education, put in a little bit more time so that you can get a, a pay raise. All that stuff's okay. Raise the standard so that you get a better life. Raise the standard so you can bring out your inner greatness so that then you can accomplish great things. Other people see that. Then you inspire and motivate them to do the same thing. But again, gratitude has diminished in Western society. So why is that? Well, let's take a look at a couple of things real quick, and then uh, we'll get back to some more gratitude stuff. But you take a look at this country. You know, recently we just celebrated the, the 4th of July, okay? Well, prior to the 4th of July, again, the WNBA, for some reason, the women that play in the WNBA get more negative press than positive. They're always bitching and complaining. First, it was Brittany Griner saying how bad America was before she ended up in a Russian prison camp for 10 months. Now apparently America's cool again. But here, a WNBA player came under fire for calling America trash ahead of Independence Day. Mystics, Washington Mystics guard Natasha Cloud, Natasha Cloud, 31 years of age, made the controversial comment while responding to the decision from the Supreme Court to strike down affirmative action. We don't have affirmative action, so America's trash. She goes on to say our country is trash in so many ways, and instead of using our resources to make it better, we continue to oppress marginalized groups that we have targeted since the beginning of time. And again, this is on Twitter. Apparently she's black, identifies as gay. Do you identify as gay or are you gay? The whole identification thing is kind of confusing. But she went on to lament that the U.S. was wasting its potential on hateful ideologies. We are a hateful disappointment. That's the truth. We have the potential to be great. And, of course, she did march with Black Lives Matter in 2020, protesting and burning down cities and businesses and defunding the police and killing police. Because, yes, a couple of cops did die during that. But yet... We're wasting our potential on hateful ideology. She went up, she went on to explain that she grew up in a middle class family. Wait a minute. I misread it. She grew up in a middle class white family. I should have done more checking because was she adopted or is it like a mixed race family? Doesn't matter, but it says right here she explained that she grew up in a middle-class white family and her parents worked their butts off to provide a beautiful life for my siblings and I from Pennsylvania. And she's the youngest of five kids. She noted that the country's biggest hurdle is getting self-centered, ignorant, misinformed, gullible, hateful people to step outside of themselves. If that's what she wants, maybe she should consider doing that herself because saying America is trash 
is ignorant, is misinformed, is hateful. That's the thing I don't understand with these people. They sit there on their bash on something, and they're doing the very thing that they're griping about. They're being hateful, misinformed. Now, the response was huge. I don't know if you're familiar with the guy, Ennis Cantor Freedom. He's a former basketball player that is no longer in the NBA because he's spoken out against some of the things, the atrocities that the NBA supports, like China. And so he uh, responded, calling America trash, huh? Well, let me know when your season is over. He replies, I'll buy your ticket. We can go together to countries like China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, Venezuela, Cuba, and Turkey. People have no idea how lucky and blessed they are to be in a country like America. He goes on to say, it's not perfect, but trust me, you don't want to see these other places. It's so true. Why don't you go to North Korea? See what that's like. Or just go on to a video hosting service and do an internet search of people who have survived North Korea or escaped North Korea and listen to their stories. What about China? and all the abuses that they have committed on the Uyghur people, for starters, or Iran. It goes on and on. You want to be like Venezuela and the poverty that's down there in Cuba? Well, then, after Enos Cantor Freedom said, hey, let's go on a world tour of all these bad places, she says, Cloud writes, I've been in plenty of countries that I would have my human rights, health care, free assisted schooling. So she'd have all that. She'd have her human rights. She'd have her health care. She'd have her free assisted schooling. She doesn't have to fear mass shootings or white supremacists. Then I would ask, why not go there? There's another place where you don't have to experience all this and you think this is trash. Go someplace else. I mean, seriously. It's absolutely crazy that you've got people that are making pretty good money, because if you're in the WNBA, it's not the greatest, but you are doing something that is fun. You're playing a game. You're getting paid for it. Don't know how she could say that's trash. Try a Russian prison camp. Maybe she should talk to Brittany Griner. Gratitude has a domino effect. If a person experiences gratitude... They are more likely to recognize the help and then later reciprocate that help. People who are thanked are presumably more apt to extend help to others in the future. So if it's a there's a domino effect, then maybe somebody like this Natasha Cloud should be more grateful for the things she has, like the freedoms to bash the very country that she lives in. People who are not thanked may not be expected to provide reciprocity in the future. The expression of gratitude is beneficial for both individuals and societies. So again, maybe if you are negative, if you think America's trash, maybe you should be more grateful and go and express that gratitude to other people because maybe your social welfare, your well-being, your psychological, your health, because as endless positive effects, maybe you will then get better. Something to think about. Ben and Jerry's, as if Natasha Cloud wasn't uh, enough. Ben and Jerry's 
I guess they came out on Twitter that says uh, customers, I guess referring to customers, America, whatever, returning indigenous land to the indigenous people, and they should start with Mount Rushmore. So this 4th of July, this, I guess, is the uh, tweet from Ben and Jerry's, right? This 4th of July, it's high time we recognize that the U.S. exists on stolen indigenous land and commit to returning it. Ben and Jerry's wrote on its Twitter account, linking to a blog post on the topic. Uh, the 4th of July, they write, who doesn't like a good parade, some tasty barbecue, and stirring fireworks display? The only problem with all that is that it can be a distraction from the essential truth about the birth of this nation. The U.S. was founded on stolen indigenous land. This year, let's commit to returning it, and let's start with Mount Rushmore. And then the backlash from there went crazy. And so now people are talking about boycotting Ben and Jerry's, much like they did Bud Light and now Target. And apparently, it's working. Bud Light is down. Target is down. Stock valuations. Never really was a fan of boycotts, but hey, it seems to be working. So there was one tweet that someone wrote out that said, I look forward to the virtue singling Ben and Jerry's returning their factories land to the Abenaki and Mohican Native Americans that have lived in Vermont for 10,000 years. So again, the people that are crying the loudest, foul, are usually guilty of whatever it is they're crying foul about. It also talked about, like, Israeli's occupation of Palestine and some other stuff. So Ben and Jerry's, they haven't really done themselves a whole lot of good in the publicity department over the years, but I guess people still eat their ice cream. I used to eat their ice cream. I like their chocolate fudge brownie. Get a pint of it. But, man, then it went up to, like, six, eight, maybe ten bucks, so I haven't had it in a long time. So then I started thinking about it. Okay, so you've got ice cream. We all love ice cream. And Ben and Jerry's, like I said, has has gone up. I think I, last time I checked, it was almost like eight bucks a pint. That could just have been during the the shortage of everything. I don't know, but it's been a long time since I had it. But then I start thinking about other brands of ice cream. Is Ben and Jerry's really that much better? Probably not. Now, I can do with some Breyers ice cream and some Hershey's chocolate syrup. In fact, there's another kind that's from Aldi that's actually really good, too, chocolate syrup. I don't know what the brand is. Maybe Comfort Select or something. I don't know. But it's really good. I'm good with that. I don't need specialty or novelty ice cream. I'm good with just some Breyers, some vanilla bean, throw some chocolate topping on that, some Hershey's or whatever this one from Aldi is, and I'm good to go. But what I really do like is Baskin-Robbins. I think it was their mint chocolate chip as a kid. And we lived right around from right around the corner from Baskin Robbins, uh, their kind of corporate headquarters on Riverside Drive there. And I think it's in Burbank. We lived just across the street in Glendale. And then it was, I think, mocha almond fudge because my mom would get that. So then I'd try that. And then uh, now my go-to is world-class chocolate and the chocolate fudge. But Baskin Robbins is actually pretty good. And they used to have it. In Ralph's, I think, which is a Kroger store, but I don't know if they do that anymore. I haven't seen it in a while. Again, an Aldi doesn't sell it. Um, but then you go into the store, right? And you always had those, like, chairs, at least the ones I went to growing up that were, like, 
what turned out to be like the high school. Like when I went to high school and you'd sit in those chairs, it was the ice cream chairs. You'd sit down in a chair and you had that like little desk thing. It was the ice cream chair. That's what you went to school in, the ice cream chair. And it would be all pink and colorful and you could get like the little pink spoon and get a sample of something. And then you could go over to the, the freezer and look at all the, the things that were pre-made, like the ice cream cakes. And who didn't have a mint chocolate chip ice cream cake at a birthday, right? Or then you'd be looking at those like sugar cones or whatever, those pointed cones where you had the scoop of ice cream at the bottom and then the cone on top. And they made it look like a clown, had like a face on the ice cream scoop, and then the cone was decorated. Or they had ice cream sandwiches, like the cookie kind, the round kind. So Baskin-Robbins was always a treat. Then as I got older, I got from the ice cream into the shakes, chocolate shakes. They were delicious. But so then, if you go to the store, okay, what else do you like? Well, drumsticks, right? Nestle drumsticks, especially with the fudge tip at the bottom. Can't go wrong with that. What about the fudge bars? Some of those fudge bars as a kid? Or the Snickers ice cream bars? And now I think they have like Twix and maybe some other ones. And then, of course, if nothing else, just a good old ice cream sandwich. And again, I think Aldi has mint chocolate chip ones that are delicious. I could eat a whole box. Um, I like the Neapolitan. I'm not a Neapolitan fan at all when it comes to just getting Neapolitan ice cream. I'm the one that will just like scoop out the chocolate side. I always leave the strawberry side. But um, but a Neapolitan ice cream sandwich is actually pretty good. And then, of course, you got the basic vanilla. But what ice cream do you like? What's your favorite? What's your favorite scoop? Remember that old thing? What would you do for a Klondike bar? That big, massive, like square ice cream sandwich thing. I never was a fan of Klondike because the ice cream and the, like the chocolate just tasted fake. It wasn't like a chocolate, a milk chocolate taste. So what would I do for a Klondike bar? Absolutely nothing. And that kind of sucks because they used to have Oreo cookies, ice cream sandwiches. And then I think somehow Klondike got a hold of them because now it says Klondike on them and they're not the same. So Klondike, up your game. Remember when haagen came out? haagen that exotic, foreign ice cream. You'd see it in the mall, maybe. If you're at the Galleria, it was kind of in that walkway between the old Galleria and the new Galleria. And haagen it was like this exotic ice cream from overseas, right? Well, did you know? Uh, did you know? This is the educational portion. Did you know that the ice cream company, Haagen-Dazs, is an American ice cream company? Started in 1960. As the legend goes, they wanted to create a sound like Haagen-Dazs, something foreign, something exotic, to get people, you know, what is this? What's this ice cream? Is it German? Well, Danish was the sound. And the tribute, why it was Danish? Because the owners of the company wanted to pay tribute to Denmark, for the way, the good way that the Danish people treated the Jews in World War II. And so that's why they came up with a Danish sounding name, Hagendas. If you look up the spelling, apparently Hagendas, you can't spell it the way they spell it because the Danish alphabet or something, but whatever. But again, pretty cool history behind an ice cream company creating an ice cream 
to try to draw people in with a name, but then giving tribute to a country. Now that's bringing out your inner greatness. That's raising the standard. That's taking your passion of ice cream and making it happen. And then once I found that out, I found that out years ago, but once I found that out, I'd go get haagen Now, sometimes haagen I'm not a big fan of the exotics of ice cream. Like Rocky Road is, who puts nuts in ice cream? Hello? Don't eat it. Or whatever it is that chunk thing is. Marshmallows? Hello? I don't even put marshmallows in my hot chocolate. Don't eat it in my ice cream. So I'm not a fan of all those exotics. And that's probably part of the reason why I don't really eat, you know, never really got into Ben and Jerry's outside of their chocolate fudge brownie because I don't need, like, Cherry Garcia or that fish thing, whatever it is, or whatever their funky ice cream flavors are. You know, uh, pistachio green almond nut butter. Don't eat it. So I like the generics. And haagen sometimes gets, like if I did their chocolate, great. But sometimes they get into the exotic too. But again, what's your favorite ice cream? And what ice cream memories do you have? Like for me, I remember going to Baskin-Robbins. You order. You get the little sample spoon of something, and then you order. You already know what you're going to get, but you got to get that sample of something. And then you go and you sit down, and then they have the drinking fountain, so you run over and get a drink because you had to have water with your ice cream. And you have these memories, and then you go and you look at the different things in the freezer, and you had some good times, right? So, again, memories. What kind of memories are you trying to create? What kind of memories do you have? Do you allow for these memories to just come along because that's just life and that's just how they are? Or do you try to create them? I like to try to create them unique ways. If I'm on a road trip, I've been fortunate to, to do some traveling over the last few years. I never let the pandemic slow me down. And um, made a couple of road trips down to Florida, Nashville, and back. So you kind of drive uh, similar ways, although I do like to go different ways because um, I want to see different parts of the country, you know? So maybe one way I'd go, let's say, um, whatever. I'd just take a route and then maybe come back a different route to try to see, you know, different parts of the country. But then I remember places I stopped. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember we stopped there for something. Or recently I went down to Oklahoma City. And in Oklahoma City, on the way, if you travel from north to south in uh, Kansas to get to Oklahoma City, because I was crisscrossing the country, so I was coming through Kansas City and then shot down, um, they've got these islands in the middle. So instead of exiting the freeway and going into the communities to try to find a gas station or something to eat or something, they have these islands where you pull into. So northbound traffic and southbound traffic can access the same gas stations and the same eateries. So you pull in get your gas, do your business, and then you can pull out and you just keep going. And so every time we'd stop at a different one on the way down, the way back, whatever, but then you want to see something different. So now if I go and do ever do that again, every island that's there with gas station and food, I know what's there and have a memory attached to it. Again, traveling in a car on a road trip can be mundane, but a memory to it. So again, when we're creating memories, memories come from gratitude, being thankful, being happy about the circumstances around us. And I said recently, I posted on social media, because I did a show a while ago, traveling can be good for your mental health. And it's good because it's that happiness that comes out. It's that gratitude of being able to be out on the road and experiencing other things. So when you're creating good memories, 
happy, fun, embarrassing. Do you want to do karaoke? No. Can't do that. That's embarrassing. But it might make for a good memory. Do you want to do something else? No. It's embarrassing. Might make for a good memory. Might take too long. I'm not in the mood. I'm too tired. But again, if we did it, think of the memory we would have versus just sitting on the couch doing nothing. Like I mentioned, life is going to give us our fair share of bad memories. It just is going to happen. We've seen it over the last couple of years. In fact, we're probably going on like four or five years now of a lot of bad memories in the in the national narrative. I mean, look at Natasha Cloud, America Trash. How was your 4th of July celebration? Barbecues with family, maybe some fireworks, maybe the beach or a lake. Probably had some good memories, right? Not so trashy, is it? So do something out of the ordinary. Maybe plan an adventure. Maybe a night out, something you've never done before. Eat at a place you've never been before. Maybe a weekend trip. Just going someplace close to home. Maybe a little bit further. Maybe it's a big trip. Maybe a day trip. I remember back in high school, one of the things that I enjoyed was I was dating somebody and we would get up on a, on a Saturday or maybe like a, a day off from school. We'd get up early and we'd drive to Santa Barbara. This was back when you can go from LA to Santa Barbara in a reasonable amount of time because there wasn't any traffic. But just a day trip and then that would create memories. Uh, like I mentioned, Christmas Eve at the Santa Monica Pier, doing something different. You know, lunch breaks. Break up those monotonous lunch breaks. Don't just go into the break room and, and that's it and eat. Maybe do something else. Go sit outside. Whatever it is. Be creative. Be you. Maybe you redecorate your office or your cubicle. Is your cubicle just blah and mundane? When I was working at the sports station, I had uh, the Dodgers were re- redoing Dodger Stadium, and so they brought over their old Dodger Stadium seats, and so we got to pick a pair, and I put it in my cubicle. So when people came to visit my cubicle, they had seats to sit in. And then I had it all decorated with all kinds of stuff, kind of like what you see behind me, a lot of different decorations, right? It's not just a flat wall, a lot of different things, and these hats over here I haven't switched out in a while because I like them, but yeah, I could switch these out if I want to or have shelves to put other things on if I want to. But again, Make it fun. Make it exciting. Make it something different. You know, for the longest time, if you've been following the show, I had that Two Steps Ed pod, podcast uh, white backdrop thing, which I really loved and, and thought it was really cool. still have it. May use it sometime again, but, you know, I wanted to mix things up. So that's what I did. Be a kid. Be a kid again. Go play. When was the last time you went bowling? When was the last time you roller skated or ice skated? Did something fun? When was the last time you just jumped in the mud puddles? Whatever it is. Do something different. We were down in Oklahoma City, like I mentioned, and uh, we visited the University of Oklahoma, but went to uh, Bricktown, um, which is an area in Oklahoma City that has a lot of uh, fun things to do. And they had this open-air, small, mini-golf course thing. And we didn't want to play because we were kind of tired. It was kind of hot. It had been a long day. was there kind of on a business trip. and uh, But we're watching them play mini-golf. And so we were elevated on this like platform, kind of a walkway, a bridge, and they were playing down below. And so we were perfectly stationed over this one hole so we could see this one hole from putt to finish. And, again, it's mini golf. So you putt the ball, and there's a little bank to the left, and there's the hole. And so we started um, predicting how many strokes each person would get it in. 
And then we'd look at them and they were selling alcohol. People were drinking beer, playing mini golf. And then that started to play into it. What's the handicap, the beer handicap, the booze handicap? That started playing into it. And then we started to see that some people could hear us down there playing. So then we got a little bit louder and started having interaction with them. And then we'd boo when they didn't make it or we'd cheer when they made it. Or if it was date night, you could see it was total date night with a couple of them. So we'd root for the, the girl and we'd all cheer her and then boo him and stuff like that. And it became a lot of fun. And we didn't even have to play to be engaged. And so we had a lot of fun just doing something simple as that. And then a lot of people at first were like, what is going on? And then they kind of made for like a fun 30, 40-minute thing. Again, just innocuous, just something fun to do, being a kid again, throwing darts. I recently found a place to shoot pool. Haven't shot pool in forever. Not good at it, but it's fun to just go. Axe throwing, fun to go. Whatever it is. Dare to be bold. You want memories. Why don't you become the memory of other people? What do I mean by that? Visit the elderly. Maybe people that are considered shut-ins that can't make it out of their retirement homes. Maybe go to hospitals if they allow visitations again. Maybe, like I said, retirement homes. Maybe mommy and me. I mean, is there nothing more uplifting than a, a infant baby? Everyone goes goo-goo. You can't bring puppies into places. Otherwise, I could say you bring your puppy. I don't know. Maybe you can bring your puppy. But everybody goes crazy over babies. What if mommy and me classes went to the retirement home and brought their babies into the retirement home to give the, uh, the people there, the elderly, a few hours of just smiles, not just something, but be bold, whatever it is. Maybe you invite people to your family dinner, or maybe you create a family holiday dinner that's not with the family, but with different people that might not be so fortunate. And now you become that outside presence that is giving happiness to somebody. Be bold. Give a compliment. Smile at someone. Just say hi. And then most importantly, you can be present. If you're in these memory-making things, be present. Be there. Get off your phones. I've learned that lesson. But get off your phones. Be present. Give more time. Because when you die, the only thing left that people will have of you is memories. So give more time and make sure it's quality time. Make sure that quality time is there for you and whoever it is, your family especially. And make it quality time, but give more of it because that's the one thing that most people, when they're on their deathbed, that's the one thing they wish for, more time. I wish I had more time. And then maybe try new things. Christmas Eve at the Santa Monica Pier, whatever it is that you like to do. But if you think about it and you start thinking about the stuff that we have, the things that make you happy, those outside influences, those blessings that people or entities bestow upon you that make you happy, you're thankful, your gratitude shows. Now you become somebody who is now bestowing the blessings on somebody else. You're the reason why they're happy. And then they have gratitude. And you see how we start to then raise the standard in our communities. We start to bring out our inner greatness. We take our passion, we make it happen. And those endless feel-good moments, those endless benefits, good benefits of gratitude will continue to bring us all up 
as a community and things as a whole will get better. And then we'll look through life with a positive lens or through a lens of positivity and not negativity. This is Two Steps Ed Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Check it out. Click the Two Steps Ahead Podcast uh, logo. All of our shows pop up. We've got video shows from our Rumble account. An orange banner will take you to our SoundCloud account, which is the audio portion, where you can actually download and take them with you on the go. Uh, you can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever. Um, hey, Suri. Hey, Google. Hey, Alexa. Play TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up. Our Instagram is, again, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. And then you can also um, check us out or send us an email at TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast at gmail.com so we're easy to find. So, again, I'm Son Edom. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.